ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dynasty Junkies podcast. This is episode 102. Talking consistency tonight with our guest, we'll get into in a minute. But before we do that, this is Andrew Hall on the mic at Andrew Hall FF. Co-hosting with me tonight is Scott Sidlow. How are you tonight, Scott? What's up, Andrew? We are uh, just firing away here into the Listener League 2. We are currently in the startup draft. We are at the end of the fourth round. Rocky and I have uh, three picks coming up here. So depending on how this goes, maybe Rocky will be drinking tonight on vacation and i can make these picks or you know talk them into something uh so yeah just looking forward to that man and obviously tonight we've got one of the one of the ogs so it's going to be a good one that's right so before without even further ado i mean we could we could sit around all day but let's get talking to bob lung who is our guest tonight how are you doing tonight bob doing great thank you for having me first time on the show uh you know long time listener first time caller kind of thing is that right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, we appreciate that. I know you do a lot with uh, consistency. Like I said before, we're going to get into some consistency stuff. Uh, you do a lot of great stuff for the whole fantasy community at whole and at a whole and everything that you do is just, I love paying attention to what you're up to. And I know I've gotten to meet you a couple of times. I'm in the league with you now at the OHF. Yep, yeah, and everything. Cool. So yeah. that was a fun draft back in May. Trying to get so. Ocho Cinco to come to the oh, uh, We're, we're going to get it, man. We're going to keep tweeting at him <laughs> until he does it. it. Maybe not this year. We're getting close, but I got a feeling at some point we'll break him down. And get him yeah. to bring his cigars to the expo. But actually, that's a perfect intro, I guess. What I guess, what is the expo? For those of people that are listening that may not be familiar with the fantasy expo, why don't you give us a quick, you know, high-level intro and explain what that is all about? Um, it, it's hard to describe because there's nothing like it, right? I mean, um, just think if you know, five to six hundred of your closest friends all got together in Canton, Ohio for the weekend and partied Friday night, Saturday night, did drafts all day, Saturday played cornhole, played flag football, uh, did some quarterback skills challenge. And then, oh, by the way, on Sunday, did an all-day expo trade show booth type uh, with 50 different uh, websites and have about, uh, see, 14 panel discussions on every topic you can think of. That's what the expo is. That's a good time. That sounds like a great time. You get me like, <laughs> exactly that sounds perfect. You think it is. So if you yeah, ever wanted to do a road trip with your fantasy football buddies and you never knew where to go or if you always wanted to go to the Hall of Fame, uh, definitely come check it out. It's the weekend of August 12th through the 14th. So it's the second weekend of exhibition season, um, probably before your draft. It should be anyway. Uh, and you can come and meet so many great people. Some of the best of the best in the fantasy community will be there. Andy Barron's from Yahoo, Dave Richards, CBS. Uh, Brad Evans, Jeff Radcliffe, uh, Jeff uh, Jeff Manns isn't going to make it. He 
Sadly, it's getting ill again. Um, oh, shoot. John Hansen from Fantasy Points. Uh, Howard Bender from Fantasy Alarm. If you listen to Fantasy Sports Radio, basically everybody that you hear yeah. on there does football will be at this event. Yeah, and I know that the Sunday part is a lot of fun, too. You kind of see all the different booths, and you get to meet a bunch of people. And I know when I went last year, I mean, even with the, the COVID restrictions and everybody wearing masks, it was great to still see people. You're like, oh, I know that face. I know those eyes. You know, like, oh, that was right. kind of fun. Or at least just you know kind of, their Twitter name, right? You were like, yeah. I don't know who you are. Oh, wait a minute. You're FF whatever? Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, you're funny. I like you. Yeah, I got to meet um, FF Man yeah, Bun. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like like J. Mike. You know what I mean? Like, I got to meet a bunch of those guys. Obviously, met J. Mike at our draft, too. So right, Expo's right. a great time. And, and I think you you put it perfectly. I know you've said this before, but it's not for people to create. It's not content creators. It's for fans. It's for normal yeah. folk. It's for people that want to interact with the community. And I think right. that's something that maybe gets lost a little bit on fantasy Twitter where everybody's excited to meet each other, but there yeah. are tons of fans that go to this that have no content at there, all. They just there is. Absorb it. And, you know, and I've said this too, when people were talking about, well, you know, it's mostly content creators net. I'm like, no, you don't get it. We're all fans. Right. Okay. I've been a subscriber to football guys for 20 years. I'm a huge fan of them. So for Joe Bryant and all the guys from uh, football guys to be there, you know, I've subscribed to Fantasy Alarm. I've bought, you know, magazines from various sites. We're all fans because we all have, you know, we have our niche. You guys have a dynasty niche. I have a consistency niche. But guess what? I don't know crap about dynasty, and yet I still play in all these damn leagues. <laughs> um, so I'm usually asking Andrew, hey, what would you do this trade? Because yeah. I'm not sure. Um, you know, I don't do IDP. But so I've got guys at IDP guys and Nate Cheatham. And, you know, it's just we're all fans and now that there's so many of us that have gotten the right idea and got into niches and be the best at the niches now that's the way to do it because now we rely on each other as fans and as content creators of our own so we're all fans all 600 people are going to be fans of whoever and we're all in awe when we meet new people or you know people we've looked up to in you know for years um you know followed and you know enjoy on twitter and and the best part is, you know what? It's not like Twitter. There's no fighting. No. There's no, no bickering. There's no there's no beating down somebody for their takes. We all argue and, you know, and enjoy each other's company and have a drink and, you know, a and you can drinks. Yeah. hate one guy <laughs> and I can love him and we can still have a drink together and get along. And, it, it you know, it's not Twitter. So a lot of people are like, oh, Twitter is so violent and, right. and, and, and arrogant and you know, downgrading. And I don't want to go with a bunch of people like that. Guess what? Those people don't come to these events. That's a great point. And honestly, too, it's hard to be mean when you're face to face, right? Yeah. So I say drink Twitter, it's like, come on. Yeah. Twitter is different because it's warriors. keyboard warriors. Yeah. You got these people just yelling out takes and being mean to each other. When you're face to face with someone, it's a lot harder to be mean. So it's actually yeah, like right. the best part of Twitter. It's where yeah. you can actually interact with each other. Everybody, for the most part, when I was there, was very respectful, very yeah. you know, communable about everything. So yeah, it was yeah. such a good time. I'm really excited to go back. I know uh, that I'm going for, I went last year, I drove up Saturday morning, stayed the night, stayed Sunday and left. This time mm -hmm. I'm coming down Friday after after work. I'm coming down Friday night. Cool. Uh, I know there's a bunch of things going on Friday night and Saturday, and, and we'll hear more about that as we get closer and ramp up. But I'm just excited to be there and, like I said, interact with everybody. I forget, Scott, are you able to make it this year? Two kids under two. Uh, no chance. It was kind of a joke. I mean, like, I just, it's not going to happen yet. I know you're not there yet, yeah. Scott. You're not there yet. That's okay. Hey, Scott. Okay. So, look, Scott, a couple of years, <laughs> they're going to have years. a water park, an amusement park, <laughs> all at the village. 
There so you go. can bring a wife and kids. Family. They can go enjoy their time. You can do fantasy football. It's going to be perfect. So beautiful. Yep. Just looking forward. A couple that. more years, buddy. Right out the I'll, door. I'll hang in. I'll hang Speaking in. Speaking of Canton, I, I feel like we can pivot this. I'm I'm wearing my new shirt. I know Bob's got a Canton shirt on too. For those of you watching, this and I've got that YouTube. shirt already. I've got yeah. the new one. This is a classic. This is I'm drafting from Canton. The Scott Fishbowl 12 shirt that I beautiful got. Beautiful Canton, Ohio. I'm beautiful. Yeah, sorry. Drafting from beautiful Canton, Ohio. I know Bob's a big advocate. Uh, but I'm looking at it like I get to draft from the Hall of Fame. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? Like, I get to actually go into the Hall of Fame and like draft in a room, like we were talking about on in our group today yeah, for the Canton awesome. drafters. It's going to be three groups of us that are drafting Scott Fishbowl teams live for a couple of hours on Saturday, yeah. July 9th, is I think when we're doing that. Yeah, a week. From uh, anyone who's tomorrow. in Scott, yeah, ooh, well, Saturday, two weeks from two, yeah, yeah. Two, a week from this Saturday, which is just nuts to me. Yeah. Um, it's so close. But anybody who's already in Scott Fishbowl and is near Canton and wants to come draft live, please do come on down. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun time. Obviously, Bob and I will be there. A bunch of other people, fans, content creators alike. There's a bunch of good people that are going to be in that. So I always like to mention that, too. Just if you aren't in Scott Fishbowl, there are still a fair amount of slots coming out. He's still got about four or 500 names to drop. So you're not out of it. I actually had a buddy of mine. It was like, oh, it's too late. I didn't bother registering. I guess I'll be in next year. I'm like, well, why not put your name in now? What's yeah. it hurt? You never know. Yeah, I I don't know if you guys saw the... Um video podcast that we just did with Dave Klug with Scott and I maybe a week ago. Oh, no, I haven't that. seen that yet. And I, I got to tell you guys this because you may not have heard this. And, and, and Scott isn't keeping it a secret, but he doesn't like to put it out there. Because I said to him, I go, just for fun, I said, how many people are signed up, have officially filled out a form and have signed up to be in the Scott Fishbowl? I go, and he goes, well, you know, we're going from 1,900 to 3,000 this year. Whew. Total people. Do you guys want to take a guess at how many people are signed up to play? Kluge not told how, me in the chat. Many, so I'll let Scott guess. He's invited. Yeah. How uh, many are signed up to play? Yeah. 15, 15K? Does that seem too much? Five, five, five times? 20, 20,000? More? Yep. Come on. Keep going. 25? Keep going. 30. Give or take. 33. <laughs> yeah. 33,000 people. Oh, so when people, you see people complain about not being in, and I used okay. to feel that, like, really? There's only maybe yeah. four or five aren't in? No, right. there's 30,000 that aren't in. Well, so here's wow. my point, though, back to the That's original. Wild. I was saying sign up. Why not? You never know, because there are still a fair amount to go. Right. Yeah. The other thing is, and I know Scott's really good about this. If you've applied and signed up for three or four years and you haven't gotten in, he'll get you in at some point. And I'm like, you might as well sign up this year then. Like, go ahead and start the clock. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, if you're if you're yes. going to get in, like, just start the like, why not put your name in the hat? Uh, and there's no, a ton and of contests. And, and we had our own, obviously, for a spot. There's a right. ton of opportunity to get in. So. I would right. say if you're active, if you're engaging on Twitter, if you're paying attention to Scott's tweets, you can still get in. So don't give up, even though it may feel hopeless because there's, I guess, 30,000 people that don't get in. Or, or, or reach out to people like me that are putting on the live draft, kiss my butt, beg and plead. And I'm like, okay, sure, come on. Well, on that note, we do still need a couple people. So back to what I said before. If, right, you're, yeah. you know, if you're in the Canton area and want to come draft, right, send yeah. us a DM. You never know. Maybe we can bump you up or something. So we'll see right, what we do. Yeah. Um, but I guess that does go back to the point. And I, I know a couple years ago when I was, I think it was Scott Fishbowl nine was my first year. And it felt like, it felt like everybody got in. 
Like I didn't feel like there were that many right, people right. that didn't yeah, get in. Everybody was left out. And then I remember in Scott Fishbowl 10, which was kind of the beginning of COVID, it felt like the the a lot more people signed up, right? A lot yes. more people heard about it and wanted to get in. Scott Fishbowl 10 was like the big one. And then I remember thinking there's a lot of people that didn't get in that, but it was still, I mean, at that point, I think it was 1,200 teams, right? It was a hundred 12 person right. team, yeah. which was nuts. It was 12. And I remember thinking like, that was crazy. 1,200 people in a league. What are we talking about? And I think it was like 5,000 signed up or something like that. And I'm still like, well, that's a pretty good odds. And now we're at 3,000 with 33,000 signed wow. up. Like, you're okay. Don't get upset if you don't get in. But at the same time, keep trying. Don't give up right. and, and put right. your name in the hat. You never know. But yeah, I, I'm right. excited to draft. And Scott Fishbowl this year being all about live drafting and cities and localities. And I love the theme of that, getting everybody back together, especially after mm -hmm. COVID. Like, oh, what a great idea. I know he wanted yeah. to do it for 11, to do Scott Fishbowl Live uh, with that. And, and I'm glad we could actually get it done this year. I'm, I'm just really happy that it's happening. And a lot of it, too, is just to raise money for Fantasy Cares and other charities. I know there's right. a bunch of different ways to raise money for things. Um, and I know Scott's big on this, but we always try to say, too, like, let's donate some money to charity in your league, right? Take an entry fee, donate it to the charity of the winner's choice at the end of the season. You know, some pick something, help somebody out, right? I mean, you don't need... If it's a hundred dollar league, you don't need eight hundred bucks. Make it seven hundred right. and donate some of that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So again, there's plenty right. of causes out there, plenty of reasons, plenty of people. Right. Especially with all the things going on in, in the world of politics and all this lately, there's a plenty of places that could use your donation. So yeah, that's the main reason of this, and I want to make sure we bring that home. Even if you're not in, buy the shirts, buy the stickers, right. you know, donate money to your charities, keep engaging, and you never know, maybe next year you'll get in. Right? Keep trying. That's the yeah. whole. Point. Do do finalists get lifetime invites? Is that how that works? Or? <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll you'll see because you're a finalist, Richard. I I can't. I was like the first. I know I was in the first wave, and I was shocked. I was like, "Oh wow, this happened already!" Like because I didn't even think they were even going out, and I was like, "That, yeah, that had to be because of being a finalist, yeah. right?" Scott, yeah. Scott and I were discussing, and I, I could we can't. He said he'd have to look it up, but he swears that I was in the first one, so I've been in it ever since. Wow. Um, and I think it was only because he was looking for like, you know, things to give away. Um, right. And, you know, sure. so um, I used to, con you know, always give away guides um, and stuff. Um, but if not, I've definitely haven't, it has, you know, maybe number two or three, because um, it seems like it's been forever, but um, that's crazy. You know, like I told him, I said, look, I, you know, you, you've inspired. I said, if you've done anything other than everything you did, I said, look how many charity type, leagues are out there across the world i mean i'm in yep. one with five yard rush guys in england i'm in the warrior bowl i'm in the um, yep. european fantasy championships for charity i mean it's like i go dude you have worldwide effect on people time yeah that is something that not many people can say and especially in this industry and I think too, the, the idea that 33,000 have applied, like what? That's such a, like, that's a crazy amount of attention. Yeah. That's a crazy amount of eyes. That's a lot of people talking about it. And that really was his goal. I know even, a, you know, a few years ago when he was trying to expand right, it and grow right. it and kind of bring more eyeballs to it. This is what he was talking about. It mm -hmm. wasn't about excluding anyone. It's not about gatekeeping. It's not about popularity. None of that. Right. It's to just get as many people as we can in the leagues. And think about it, guys. If you're a commissioner of a 12 team league, which I am, that's frustrating mm -hmm. and annoying, but yeah. try being a commissioner of what would it be like 200 of them now, like 200 commission, you're commissioning 200 leagues ish, like 250. Well, I mean, that's ridiculous. Right, right. Yeah. But like, give the guy some credit. We're doing this yeah. the speed as we can. Like we're growing as fast as we can't put everybody in it. It just isn't there yet. So now this year though, I do want to pivot on this. This is the first year that sleeper is getting involved, which I think I kind of like, 
I, I guess but, uh, I, I know it's kind of a, a sensitive subject for some people, but I like it bringing again, bringing more eyeballs, bringing more people. Yeah, but you like know what? It platform. brings a lot. Yes, yes. There are a lot, a lot of people of that don't like my fantasy league and, and are not interested in joining a league on that site. I love MFL. I know we are very much pro MFL podcast, right. uh, pro Superflex and all that stuff. But there are a lot of casuals, a lot of people that do this for one or two leagues a year that are only on Sleeper. And this is yeah. giving them that opportunity to say, oh, I've heard of that or Sleeper's involved. It must be real. It must be good. Like those mm. of us that are in the industry deep, you know, that have been in this for a long time are familiar. But there's a lot of people out there that are just now hearing about it. And that's awesome. So right. say what yeah. you want about Sleeper and totally not enjoying it or whatever. There's always that debate. I love that Sleeper is getting involved and is actually doing a very aggressive job of it. Like they're they're right. involved with it. They want this. And that is awesome. So I'm happy right. about that. Regardless of what you think about the platform, it's a good thing. Yeah. That's what no, I No, mean. anytime, you know, you can get the bigger sites that have the power that can get involved with helping. It's, you know, I mean, the expo is a, another example of, you know, NBC Sports is, you know, the title sponsor this year. Fantasy Points is sponsoring the Friday party. Yeah. You know, well, uh, football guys is hugely involved. I mean, so, you know, that just helps the, the street cred of the whole thing, yep. you know, them promoting it, them talking about it, them trying to get, you know, their followers and fans and everybody involved. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, getting a sleeper involved with that's going to continue to help Scott. And, you know, so will we. So. Well, and I'm excited because I think the live drafts, from what I understand, are all going to be on sleeper. Uh, we mm -hmm. don't find out our draft slot until we show up at the draft, at least for right. Canton. That's what we're doing. I, yeah. I wanted to see if I could, I don't want to say corner you, but like ask you on the spot, like what is the, the guideline? What Do we have rules for how we're deciding spots? Because I like uh, yeah. the numbers out of a hat, right? I love doing something. Like when we show up, we put our so, numbers in a hat, we pull it out. Like I love The only thing I thought cool. about was I like that 100-yard rush thing. I think that's kind of yeah. fun. Um, well, like a literal, we're all going to run 100 yards, and, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that way I'll be 12. Um that's what I want. So, it's three RR. I want third round reversal. I want the back end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. We'll see. I've done cards before where you draw the cards and then you pick your spot. Um, we'll see. Maybe we'll, we'll see. I, whatever something. it is. I'm trying to think of something fun. Maybe I'll just put it up to the group. Like, all right, what's the funnest thing that we can do quickly and, you know, yeah, and still get the kind of pick. Um you know, I would. Be, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna call it now. I have a feeling whatever draft we're in, it, we're only supposed to go for two hours or whatever. I bet we finish in two hours, man. We're all gonna be so jacked up. Like we're just gonna, gonna be say, going. If we don't There's finish no trades, in two like, hours, let's go. We there. We really should have a problem. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it's not like it's a dynasty draft. You got to make trades and that. Just make a yeah. pick. Yeah, yeah I know. Like, I was. Do, I've been doing mocks in under an hour. I know Scott so wants twenty-two. So. Do ten rounds, but. I just want to get it done. What does he uh, know? What is he? What is he running this or something? Yeah, he doesn't right. have to know. He's never gonna know. <laughs> That's right. He'll never find out. All right. right. So I do. I want to make sure that we we give enough time to that. Was there anything else you wanted to bring up, Bob? I know you're involved with a lot of that stuff. Obviously, your consistency guide is kind of why you're here and where I wanted to go next. Yes. Uh, so how long have you been writing your consistency guide? There, Scott showed it on the screen there there for last year's. There's a new how long cover. have you been oh, writing? Oh, that's last year's. Oh, you don't have the new one yet. Oh, okay. No. So this is this yet. is last year's. I just want to say for all the all the kids out there, there is a digital version. And yes, I did get the digital version this year, but I am typically a paper guy, so I do. I like that. paper too. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. And it's funny too because people are like, I spoon. I assume you sell mostly the Kindle version. And I'm like, no, it's 98 percent hard copy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like, yeah, I mean, numbers so far this year, I think, I don't remember what the total was, but 
yeah, it's like less than 5% of, wow. and to be honest with you, I don't know if somebody buys both. It just says, here's oh. my hard copy and here's the digital. And, um, you know, like digital is like 17 so far. Um, and, uh, but if you buy the hard copy, you get the digital for free. Right. Cause I don't right. charge if you, if, if you buy the digital separate, it's less, but if you just, you buy the hard copy, I think you can get the digital for free. But anyway. Well, I think there's a lot of places that I know that you give away the digital too. Like you were mentioning oh, the Fishbowl. Oh, I give copies like it's, like it's my job. And I, I love um, that. I think that's such a good idea. And it's for charities. I mean, that's what exactly. I do it for. Yep. You yeah, don't just give it away to randoms. You're giving it away for a reason. Thing, I go, hey, I'll send you one copy. You can send it to everybody who signs up who gives you at least, you know, 25 bucks. You know, that way they get something helps me because it gets somebody to notice my book that never knew, knew about it. And next year they'll buy it. Um, and so, yeah, I do that all the time just to help. help the cause. And I think that's where I got it last year. I think it was in Warrior Bowl or one of those charity oh, leagues where I got Bowl, it yeah. for free from them. So I was just like, oh, perfect. I was going to buy, literally, I was like going to buy it the next week. I was like, oh, it's time for, for our redraft season. It's time to start <laughs> studying. And uh, I was like, oh, wait, that's right. I got it in my email. I'm like, oh, sweet. So I think that's where I got it from. But let's let's get into the consistency. So I know you've been playing, or sorry, you've been doing the consistency guide for how long? Let's start with that. Uh, 2015 was the first year that I put it out there on Amazon. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And how long have you been playing fantasy football? Since 1985. 1985, when I was uh, four or so, yes. three or four years old. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I was not playing. You guys right are now. one of the few that I usually get interviewed by that actually been alive when I actually really. <laughs> That's yeah. right. We're we're an Just old. We're, we're on the older side. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know Rocky's even older and he's not here. So he's the uh, elder statesman of the group. But that's true. I, I will say that playing since 1985, you've seen a ton of changes. You've seen oh. as many variations as there can be. And I love that your your angle, you're in on this is what doesn't change. Right. You're like, let's go with consistency. How do we find out from year to year? What guys are we going after? And maybe if you don't mind, like explain a little bit about how the dynasty or sorry, how the consistency metrics came to be. Where did this sort of process start in your world and then we can kind of get into some specific player options um so i mean when i actually came up with this concept and yeah so it was just like anybody you know you're playing the league for a few years and then you have that unique year where you've got these top players so the year was 2002 and i had sean alexander who was the league mvp rushed for 15 touchdowns and because we started before the internet we did touchdown only so right. you, you ran a touchdown, you got six points. The cod touchdown was three points. That was it. Um, and so obviously running backs who rushed a lot of touchdowns were pretty much league winners for you, or they should be. So I had Sean Alexander. My team was the second highest scoring team in the league, and I went seven and seven the regular season, and I didn't make the playoffs. So as a bean counter for my real job, um, I'm like, okay, I got to look at this. I got to, I got to analyze this. I got to dive into the numbers. What the hell happened here? Yeah. Well, what happened was, is that one week on a Monday night, Sean Alexander rushed for five touchdowns in one game and two other games, he had three and two. So basically in three games out of the first 14, he scored two thirds of his touchdowns. Ah, the other one, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I figured out if he would have scored just one touchdown a week, Instead of, you know, for 14 weeks, instead of 15 in, you know, uh, and five games of those 14, I would have won two more games, made the playoffs and won the championship because he had a huge week 15 and 16. Um, and that's where that's where it started. So I said, well, OK, if I can get week by week stats and then I put that in Excel and then 
just happened to have a brother-in-law who was, did, did Visual Basics, which is an old-school database. I remember uh, yeah, online basic, stuff. Yeah. And so he created the way we could calculate it and run it through this, that, and create, you know, how to get my numbers and get the consistency from zero to 100%. And that's where it got created. And then over time, you know, and then the book came later because I was putting an article into people's books that were being sold on the newsstand. So oh, like yeah. Peter Kreutzer had the fantasy guide. Um, um, I used to write for creative sports and fanball, the, the original fanball. And so they had magazines and I would put an article about consistency and I kept trying to push them into adding my consistency data for the players into the profiles, you know, to add it to the, to give them a unique twist. And they're all like, I oh, don't have enough room. And so then that's where the book came from is somebody said, you know, you could, you could write your own book and publish it on Amazon for free. Then, you know, they just take a, you know, a portion out of everything you sell. And I'm like, okay. So I did. And so here we are five straight years of being nominated best, best fantasy guy in the country, won oh. the award in 2018. And as they say, the rest is history. So that's how we got to today. And, you know, people love it. And I, I did, I just got another email from somebody today that thanked me. They bought the this year's book and wanted to thank me. They forgot to email me last year to tell me they won the championship and it was the best year they ever had. And thank you so much. And that's what makes it worth it. I mean, making a little money is fine, but, that's kind of stuff that just jacks me up to keep doing it. You know, that like, Hey, somebody like relied on me and, you know, won a championship has got a trophy and, you know, some extra money for the wife and kids. And that's what makes it cool. Titles last forever. Right. We talk about this a lot on this show. And this is where I wanted to go with this because I think at some point dynasty becomes redraft, right. When you just got to get the wins, you Mm -hmm. know, you can have the prettiest roster. You can do all the moves you need to make in the off season, but if you don't start the right people, none of it matters. And, and, and this is going to sound a little strange maybe to some people, but if you don't win titles, what the hell are we doing here? Like you have, you can't just be perpetually rebuilding. You can't just be yeah, like, no, I've got a really good like, roster. I'm playing for next year. Like you've been doing it for five straight years. I'm playing for like, every year. Why not win something for a change? You know what I mean? Like that's the whole point. And especially like in a normal 12 team league, you get one winner every year. What is more important? Having the coolest roster every year or winning three out of five years? Winning right. three out of five years is phenomenal. Yeah, that's the right. whole point of this. So that's where I wanted to pivot into this and be like, well, let's talk about consistency in dynasty, because I think that there is there is some there is some gap maybe in the knowledge in general on Twitter and in dynasty players and, and all of this where, you know, you want to have these dynasty rankings, you want to have dynasty values and trade calculators and all these things. But at the end of the day, you got to score points, right? right? At the end of the day, you need players and teams that can put up numbers against your opponents in your league to win titles for you. That's the whole point of this. So right. I wanted to make sure that we spend a little bit of time in saying, well, how do you use consistency metrics and what you've learned from your, your knowledge and study on consistency in dynasty leagues specifically? Like, are there things that come into play when you're making trades in the off season or is it really more of an in season, like what to start, who to start kind of thing? Well, as you know, Andrew, cause we're in a league together. Um, you see a lot of my anger when people don't like my <laughs> trades or I think trades they make suck because they're <laughs> trading a very consistent veteran for some half-assed, a possible breakout rookie. Yeah. And I'm like, what in the hell are you doing? <laughs> um, so needless to say, I've learned a lot from being in that league and have uh, tried to uh, adjust my numbers. But like you said, in the end, you still want those players that score on a consistent basis. And I don't care if you're, if you got a, a second year, you know, uh, player or a six year player, you still got to put a good roster out there and upside while it's great for long-term 
it's not great for week to week. And so, you know, getting a player that may have upside is great. But in the end, what you're really trying to get is a player that can stay up there, you yeah. know, like, you know, one, one up week a week, you know, a, a month isn't going to win you a lot of fantasy leagues, regardless of what your format is. Yep. Um, so 25 or 50% consistency isn't going to, isn't going to cut it. Um, so, you know, I, when I'm looking at players, I'm taking more of the, give me a two year to six year guy that I can feel comfortable either is, you know, had a, maybe a good consistent second half that might be ready to take that step. I might make a trade for them, um, you know, and maybe trade off a rookie pick. I mean, so as Andrew knows, <laughs> I traded all my picks in our dynasty league yep. and I got uh, Stefan Diggs, DK Metcalf, Alvin Kamara. Um, who else did I get? Did I, I No, I got Kamara from you. Yeah, yeah um, I gave you Kamara. Yep. <clears throat> and so I traded my first round. My, I had two first round picks and I traded them for Diggs and Metcalf. And then I think I traded you Metcalf for Kamara. Yeah, yep, exactly. Yep. And so now I already have Eckler and Fournette and um you know some other good receivers um and you know and i have two good quarterbacks and brady and josh allen and Superflex. um traded for deshaun watson with andrew so yep. i wanted to talk about that one i wanted to well, talk about that well, one yeah that's caused me to drink a lot over the last couple of weeks but you know yeah yeah um but you know that's what you, that's the fun part is i wanted to yeah. you know he gave i was like okay you know, I'm going to take that risk. Yep. Is it going to pay off? Well, we'll see. we got a couple more weeks. But, um, you know, and we were I was in a dynasty draft with a bunch of other guys from Columbus just a couple weekends ago. And Deshaun Watson went in the third round. Yeah. Now, it was Rich Dotson from the dynasty nerds. I mean, pretty that's high what street he's doing. Red. Yeah. So, you know, yep. um, so that's what I think is kind of fun about dynasty is that taking a risk. You know, it was a fun startup draft. Um, you know, I went in there with trying to get youngsters, but but potential consistent youngsters like Javante Williams and Dalvin Cook and, um, you know, uh, C.D. Lamb, um, Justin Jefferson, you know, guys that certainly are stars, but they're still pretty young. And so, you know, I, I think my draft went pretty well. Um, I think I sent it to you guys. You guys seem to like it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm learning a lot, but I'm also applying the consistency and I think it's a very important factor in Dynasty that is probably forgot about because people yeah. are all about the shiny new toy and what I can get for next year and the future. And it's all about the future. It's like, eh, you're supposed to be playing for now, too. <laughs> yeah. And I think so, Scott, who who has 40 leagues, obviously has an opinion about this. Right. Scott knows what he's doing when it well, comes to leagues. <clears throat> and Bob, I, so one of the things is, and it's funny as you're talking about, like, how you always had that, like, section in a magazine of you know your consistency rankings and like that's something that i read every year re religiously and um <clears throat> i was always like okay yeah this makes total sense and I, I think it was 2020 um maybe 2019 it kind of started but for a while there we had a group of tight ends okay in that position because we we're not talking tight end premium necessarily mm -hmm. a lot of redraft leagues and and then even as i got into dynasty i noticed that having that elite tight end was such an advantage. And that's one of the things your, your guide pointed out was <clears throat> there's only, you know, four players or something with over 65% consistency right. when there used to be like 11. Right. Right. Yeah. And so that number, you know, cut 
down by, you know, 66%. Like that's, that's crazy. Um, and that's been such an advantage for me in my leagues, even like Scott Fishbowl having an elite tight end every year and all of my redraft leagues going tight end early and having, you know, Kelsey or Andrews, basically <laughs> that's Ooh, it yeah. really just those two. Um, yeah. and then even building my dynasty teams around that. Uh, do you think that's a product of like the young guys aren't, aren't having as big of an impact. Do you think that's going to change now that we have some of the pits and Hawkinson's and all that? And as maybe some of these guys age out, right. like over the years, have you seen that as kind of a cycle or do you think it's just the way that the NFL is going right now? It, uh, it is kind of a cycle. I'm not sure it's a cycle we can predict. So, you know, in the guide, if I may re reference uh, page Please. 120. Yes. Um, <laughs> so here's the last, uh, well, I guess it'd be, yeah, five, six years. So, um, number of tight ends over 200 plus fantasy points, and then number of tight ends over 65% consistency. Yep. All right. So 2017, three and eight, then 18 was four and seven. So not great, but 2019 jumps up to five over 200 and 11 over 65%. Yeah, that's crazy. And so it's like, all right, we finally got some consistency out of the tight end position. Guess what happens the next year? We go down to two and four. <laughs> yeah. But 2021 bounces back up to three, which is still not a lot over 200 points, but back to 10 over 65%. <laughs> so I feel like there are enough youngsters that are now be playing uh, 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 pertinent roles in their offense that will, I think, keep that number there. We've got the Dawson, Dawson Knox. Uh, Dalton Schultz, uh, you know, like you said, Hawkinson, you know, yep. of course we know Andrews and Kelsey, um, but Firemuth even, right? Yeah. Like um, a younger guy, Firemuth coming up too, right? Like Firemuth coming up. Yeah. Irv Smith hasn't played yet and he's got a lot of talent. Playing Dawson Minnesota. Knox, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, Dawson Knox, um, you know, Najoku for Cleveland. I mean, let's be right. honest. If Brissett's the quarterback, guess Hopefully. what? He ain't going to be throwing the ball bombs a lot. He's going to be hitting the, <laughs> you know, cream hunts and, and the Jokus. So um, I think there's a lot of consistency to be had. Um, you know, again, if you drafted, you know, if you got Dalton Schultz early on last year, I picked him up in a lot of leagues because I'm like, oh, well, you know, he's going to take Blake Jarwin and Jarwin had a decent year the year before. Um, you know, now this kid, you know, going to be a star. So, um, and there's, and like I said, there's lots of them out there. There's even veterans like Tyler Higby and Zach Ertz. And, you know, so I think there's a, a better depth, you know, this year, I'm not looking too early for tight ends. Yeah, I'm kind of, that's doing exactly two. what I was getting at. Yeah, I, I think I'm going round. to switch back using, now to, right. To I'm usually doing Schultz and Knox or Schultz and Higby or Schultz and, you know, somebody like that, some combination of, you know, eighth, ninth round, Ertz is in that group. Yeah, um, okay. that okay. I think you can get some great value that late. So. I, I completely agree. And I think that you guys are hitting the nail on the head, though. It used to be one way, it changed, and now it's back. And right. I feel like that's kind of how fantasy goes in general. And if you keep your eye on these trends year over year, you can kind of, I don't say get ahead of the game, but you can kind of be more forward thinking and proactive. And that's what I love about the consistency guide because it, it shows you the past, but it shows you in a way that tries to not predict the future, but tries to say, well, based on the model, based on the, the numbers and the metrics and, you know, just what, how they used them last year, this is what we we're expecting for this year. Right. So I wanted well, to get into some players too, but I mean, keep going yeah. if you want. 
No, I was just going to say that's a reason in every profile there's a little section called Clutch Games by Week. And, oh, I, yeah. and I try to have people focus on that, especially if like they had a great second half. So maybe for the year they were 8 out of 16 or 8 out of 17, so like 50%, which doesn't give you good numbers, but they got 6 out of 8 in the last eight weeks. Those are the kind of guys like if you'd go back to my prior magazines, I predicted Antonio Gates – Jimmy Graham and George Kittle, who all had a great second half and then broke out to be top five the next year. Yeah. Um, well, who's that this year? Give us the give us the the, the secret <laughs> sauce here, Bob. Pick predict it right now. Like, no, I'm just kidding. Well, I think it's still Dalton Schultz, in my <laughs> opinion. But yeah. um, I do too. Schultz. Yeah. Well, I'm, know, because... I'm all over the place on him. It depends on his cost, but I'm with you. Like, I like Schultz as like an eighth, ninth round pick. You know what I mean? Where right. You don't have to pay a lot for him. That's perfect. But I've seen him go in startups even in like sixth round and stuff. And I'm like, that seems a little rich. Yeah, like, especially the tight end premium. He went, he went pretty early in our draft uh, last weekend yep. Yep. because it was well, a tight so, end premium too. But. Well, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that. But I mean, even just in general, there's a lot of players. I know that you talk about every player in your guide pretty much. You go through everybody's numbers. You you know put them all through the rigmarole here. But there are some players that I just I know that have been kind of brought up here and there on Twitter. And I just wanted to ask you about before we get into find me a trade and some other things. Um, I know the one that I put first is my boy, Joe Mixon. I'm still not quite sure what to think of Mr. Mixon, right? I know that, again, as a Bengals fan, and, and everybody knows I'm a Bengals fan, I, I don't hide my Bengals fandom. Uh, so I don't have a lot of Mixon. I really, I just don't. I have one share, I think, because I'm willing to take other guys in that position. And then by the time Mixon's up, there's almost always somebody I still like more. But I think this year is going to be a big year for that whole offense. And I'm kind of, I guess I'm wondering, what are your thoughts on Joe Mixon from a consistency standpoint? He seemed to be a little bit all over the place last year, but was that just yeah. a product of things that we can't predict or can't project? Or do we think that's going to happen again? Well, to be honest with you, I mean, Joe Mixon certainly this year is the poster boy for inconsistency and why this book exists. Um, you know, everybody that picks up a, a magazine and looks at the total points says, oh my God. Joe Mixon was fourth in total points last year. I am picking him like sixth overall, man. It's cool. But then what they don't see because they don't have the guide is the 63% consistency and that ranked him 18th right. of all the running backs. Yep. Um, last year, when he only played six games uh, with 67%, here's the sad part is that they, these last two years are the two best years Joe Mixon ever had in consistency. Oof. That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I did a, a quick little thing. So I have a tool on the website, on the Big Guy Fantasy Sports website, that shows historical consistency for one, two, three, however many years they've played. And it shows their breakdown home versus away versus good defense, bad defense, that kind of stuff. Normally what you see out of a, especially a star player um, in consistency is that when they are playing against at home, like it's a bad defense they destroy them. They're 90%, they're hundred percent, huh. you know, that kind of stuff. That's what you would expect. Aaron Jones, the last three years, 92% consistent, 28 points a game. Right. And he's sharing time. <laughs> Joe Mixon the last three years is only 60% at home against a bad defense. Wow. That that's when he should be destroying teams. That's when they should be using him more because the defense isn't good against the run. And they should be running him, but, you know, he has – I mean, he doesn't have trouble staying healthy, even though he did get hurt in 2020. But the problem is, you know, last year he scored 51% of his total points in six weeks between week six and week 12. There's a buy in there. 
So he was like super hot right in the middle. And if you had him, man, you were rolling those six weeks. Yeah. But the other, you know, uh, 11 weeks, he was four for 11. He was cold. Yeah. Cold. But see, now, don't you think some of that comes back to the offensive line and the team and like how the team is playing? And like, again, there's a lot of, you know, what ifs that we can got to go down. So I guess I'm just curious how that plays into this and, you know, how a change like that can you can look back and say, well, he wasn't that consistent, but they might have fixed the one thing that made him inconsistent. Well, that's true. And so, yeah. So now we look into 2022. He's had an approved offensive line. Um, You know, they're playing in a division where. The offenses are not going to be super strong. I mean, Pittsburgh's got a new quarterback. Uh, Lamar has nobody to throw the ball to. Uh, they'll run the crap out of the ball, but that's not going to cause a reason, you know, to throw the ball a lot. You know, they're not it's playing Cleveland. the AFC West. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Cleveland is Cleveland. Um, yeah. So, you know, they're not going to be 42-35 shootouts. So I, w- I would think that Mixon should be – a solid, like if you get him as their RB2, I'm perfectly fine with it. Like if you get him in the mid-second round and you've already got Dalvin Cook or Kamara or whoever you, you like, I think it's a fine pick. I don't think I'm going to pick him in the first round as my RB1, um, but I think he's got potential to improve on that consistency um, with a better offensive line and maybe a little bit scaled down. Now, the problem is, is then – Everybody who wants Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Joe Burrow are going to go, Ooh, wait a minute, I don't want Joe Mixon running the ball, you know, because right. <laughs> that takes away from, from what I want. Right. Um, so, you know, one of those has to give. Yep. Well, and, that and that's is, where, you know. Well, we don't know, right? And that's where I wanted to kind of pivot to because the other running back I put in our list was Ezekiel Elliott, which I think is getting – he's all over the map in, in fantasy oh, yeah. and dynasty in general. Like there are players that, that do dynasty for a living in a sense that are just out. They're done. They don't want anything to do with him. Uh, but then there are others that like, but he finished his RB5 for the season. And like he was yeah. – ama- well, exactly. He was RB7 for the season. Right. He's a top 12 running back without a doubt. But his points per game were like RB14 or something, you know? So yeah. like he's one of those prime examples in my mind of like he's available, he plays, but is he really a winner? So he and Mixon both in my mind are kind of in that same boat where like they play well overall, but are right. they are they are they weak winners? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, and again, same thing. Zeke was seventh in total points and sixteenth, sixty-five percent consistent. So yep. basically, Mixon and Ellie, if he had those two last year, and you thought you were going to run away with your league, you probably didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, with how frustrating would that have been? Oh my God. Uh, to have like RB five and seven and, and be like seven and 10, you know, or like, or yeah. what would it be like seven no, and five yeah, or whatever, exactly like missing it. the play. Um, like, oh, that would be brutal. But, you know, we know Zeke was not 100%. He's already said that. He says he's back. He's healthy. The offensive line is <laughs> back in shape. You know, I think they need to run the ball more because they only have CD Lamb. They're not going to have Gallup for at least four to six weeks. Um, you know, Schultz lost and, Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Zeke will be used a lot. I think they'll use Pollard as much too, but you know, they used Pollard quite a bit last year. We did some sharing, um, quite often in those games and Zeke was still seventh. Now his consistency certainly didn't hit the numbers, but you know, you know, again, Zeke is my RB2? Yeah. In fact, I think I was in a league, one of my early uh, mock drafts I do with Murph from England. Um, I think it was back in March. And I think I had I had the third pick. I always had the third pick in every every month's draft. And I think I went like 
uh, Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, and Saquon Barkley in Oof. one, two, three. I was like, sounds well, I want to play that one out. <laughs> now that's changed. Barkley's moved up quite a bit, yeah. um, you know, but it just shows you like I, I've seen Zeke at the end of the second round quite yeah. a few drafts. I know um, in redraft still, last year, I think I think I got him in like the sixth round of a redraft last year, you know, going into the year. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, what a steal. And then, of course, like you just said it, like I, I started him every week. And right. every week I was like, well, he put up 12 points. I mean, that's something. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, it wasn't like good, it was a wild not what you yeah. thought you were going to get out Winning me anything, and I did not win that league. Yeah. Right. So the only other running back I wanted to kind of pivot into here and, and kind of using as a larger point uh, in general, I guess, was like Brees Hall. But the clear-cut 101, I think, in almost every rookie draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I would even argue the the only rookie that we all agreed on value-wise. Everybody else, <laughs> even in Superflex, it's all over the place. Right. But I guess I wanted to use that as a way to be like, well, how do you judge someone like a Brees Hall in terms of consistency without any past NFL performance? And then in general, how do you do that with rookies? Like, where do you kind of slot them in or how do you evaluate them? Or do you just kind of leave it and see where we go? Well, again, uh, let us reference the uh, the gospel according to consistency on page nine, <laughs> where I do an article every year because I get this question from everybody yep. every year and always have. What do you do with rookies? And it's literally called rookies versus consistency. And so since 2010, so for 12 years, I have um, put into this chart the top four rounds of quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. So since 2010, so for 12 years, there have been 428 of those players picked in the first four rounds. Um, Any of them that play at least 10 games and exceed a 60% consistency rating. Not great, but still pretty good. Only 46 of them in those 12 years out of the 428. So basically rounded off about 10%. That means 90% of the rookies in the first four rounds since 2010 have failed at getting over 60%. Wow. And by position, it gets really wild. So tight ends, there's only been three, and that's Evan Ingram, Jordan Reed, or is Jordan, yeah, Jordan Reed, um, and then last year Kyle Pitts. Finally. Kyle Pitts, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it, three of them. So not Kronk, not Kelsey, not Z- Zach Gertz, not any of those guys. Right. So wow, the only thing that you know, quarterbacks are Cam Newton, Prescott, Robert Griffin, Mariota, Her- Herbert. Baker Mayfield, and then Kyle Murray. So, you know, so running backs, quarterbacks, and tight ends, you can you can look at those groups and go, some have continued success, some have not. Right. Now, wide receivers, that is a big difference. And I that's the one thing I do want to stress for those people out there, especially in dynasty leagues. Right. Because this is a big wide receiver list. rookie year. Yeah. So if they exceeded over 60% in their rookie year, they have almost every single one of them have had continued consistency success since. Oh, really? So let me name off this list. Tell me if there's any of these that you're like, there, there's actually one. I will, I will say there is one. And you'll <laughs> figure it out as soon as I hit him. <laughs> so Odell Beckham, Michael Thomas, A.J. Green, Jamar Chase, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, D.K. Metcalf, I'll save the worst for last. Brandon Ayuk. Okay, he's mm. still. I've Juju been buying Smith him, Schuster. so that's yeah, a good sign. Mind. Juju Smith-Schuster, Jalen Waddle, oh. Justin Jefferson, 
Jarvis Landry, Cooper Cup, Mike Evans, Allen Robinson, Brandon Cooks, Debo Samuel. The only one that I feel that's failed would be Kelvin Benjamin in 2014. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. That's it. It's still a hell listen, of a list, I mean, though. The rest yeah. of that. So Insane. when you see a rookie step in and do 60% or higher, you need Believe to trade it. for him. Get yeah. him on your team. Okay. Um, the problem Break is that down. That's good. when you like draft that. them as a rookie, you don't know which ones are going to make. <laughs> right. right. Well, so I guess maybe. People, well, like Justin Jefferson. How many people of that that class would have picked Justin Jefferson to be the superstar player out of that group? How many others have fallen to the wayside? I'm pretty sure I took Rager over Jefferson in like three different drafts. Like, yeah. That was just, that hurts so bad. Anyway, um, I was going to say this, like on that topic, even like at what point do you get enough data where you're like, I'm in like at three weeks, is it six weeks? Like, again, if you're, it's up to you, obviously as the manager, right. but I'm just saying like as someone who, who pays attention to consistency, what's a big I enough sample size? Probably, you probably are not going to get it in the first half of the year. In fact, that I was going to be my I, guess too. Yeah. I just say, I bet if we looked at the data and the uh, clutch games per week, for those guys in their rookie season, that's a great, it's a great topic for me to look into is of those guys. When did the consistency start showing up? You know, now Jamar Chase was pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jefferson was that quick, that. but yeah, yeah, pretty quick. Yeah. You know, Jefferson was pretty quick, but my thought is many of them probably were second half stars once they started to gel with their offense. Um, Cause most of the times these guys don't walk in as the number one. Right. You know, they're right. walking, you know, like Jamar did, like, you know, Debo, Debo has. Who, and, you who know. do we have from the last couple of years? Jalen Waddell, Brandon Ayuk. Is that, yeah, is that Debo, it? Debo, 2019. Debo Justin was a couple of years. And then obviously. Let's be honest. Ayuk really only hit it because, because Samuel got hurt. He was the only option. Right. Okay. Right. Gotcha. So yep. his was more opportunity than sure. it was talent. I mean, sure. he's got talent. But once Debo came back. Then that was gone. Yeah. So yeah. you know, again, Ayuk is still kind of the, the 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 book is still open on whether or not he's going to be a success. But sure. Um, but you know, most of these other guys have been pretty successful. Well, and then Waddle you know, gets Waddle. Yeah, Waddle was there. Um, so like you said, it's it's numbers. You know, people are always like you hate rookies. No, that's not true. I don't hate <laughs> rookies. I just have 90% failure rate that kind of tells me that maybe I'm not a big fan. <laughs> wow. Well, and that's, that's some actionable advice right there. I mean, that's something we can take to the bank and I want to, we have some other players that I wanted to get into, but I kind of feel like maybe we should leave that for your guide to explain to people, right? Like let, let's not give away all the goods here. I feel like no, there's, I mean, there's, we can, we can, I know you got some wide receivers. I mean, we can hit them quickly. I, I've got the numbers. Well, and and stuff that's where like I wanted I just this, the only one of the wide receivers that I really wanted to get into was, was uh, Deandre Hopkins. I've, I've had some different debates with people on Deandre Hopkins. There was a, a friendly charity. I bet that I have uh, with, with somebody, I forget. I think it's Bosco. I think if I recall, but so we were talking about Hopkins versus Olave, right? Like a rookie mm-hmm. who's got a lot of upside, a lot of potential, but in a busy offense. And then Hopkins who is missing six games. Like, how do you attribute that like missing games factor for consistency? Because obviously that's going to be zeros for six weeks. He's not going to get a right. 60%. You know what I mean? Like do you factor that in at all? I guess is my going to be my question. I mean, I, it, on that it's one. hard to factor in. I mean, obviously because it's a percentage, you know, like Hopkins last year only played 10 games, but he was still 80% consistent um, in those 10 games. So you know, when he's on the field, he's got that consistency factor. You know, now that was injuries. This is suspension. 
The only thing I usually say is at least we know that he's going to be back in six right. weeks. Like it's not a, oh, he could be back in six, you know, it couldn't be, right. it's not a Michael Thomas that may drag out for two oh. and a half years. Right. Um, so, you know, at least like, so in a um, couple redrafts and, and, and um, um, I was in the FSGA expert draft a few weeks ago in Detroit. So I took DeAndre Hopkins in the seventh round as my third wide receiver. I have Devontae Adams and Cortland Sutton and it's 14 teams. So, you know, I'm going to, I'll fill in with Lazard and some other guys, you know, for a few weeks, you know, for six weeks. But then, you know, if I can go four and two in those six weeks and now get Hopkins and add to that, then, you know, I feel well, pretty good about it. But take a risk of guys like Landry and other players that might get hurt after six weeks. You know what I mean? You got to fill that in. You can stack. Yeah. Through. Yeah. Right. I don't mind that. Right. So, you know, again, I think it depends on where you have to draft him. Um, you know, I've heard some people, you know, on Sirius XM, they're like, I'm not drafting Hopkins at all. I don't care where he falls to me. I'm like, oh, value is value, man. I mean, man, you yeah. Know, if he's my Ugh. fourth wide receiver, hell yeah, I'm gonna put him on my team. Well, know? so I just as a quick sidebar to that, that is one of my biggest pet peeves in this entire industry, if there is such a thing as an industry here. When someone's like, I'm out on so and so because of something, you know, like he's missing six games, I'm out. Like Michael Thomas, even there were people last yeah. year, like, I'm not drafting Michael Thomas. And I'm like, you're telling me if he's on yeah. waivers after your draft, you're not right. going to pick him up. Right. Like, that's ridiculous. Of course you would. Like, right. it's different. In my opinion, it's different for like a Deshaun Watson or a Tyreek Hill or a Joe Mixon who has like, I just don't like those players. I don't want them on my team. I, I get that. Right. It's a personal right. decision. But as opposed to like Hopkins, who we know is missing six weeks, I definitely would draft him in the 10th round, eighth round. Like, right. I, no problem at all. Because when he gets right. back on that field, I think that offense is going to be humming. I mean, right. you're going to obviously you've got Marquise Brown there is the potential one. But when Hopkins steps on the field, Brown becomes the two. Right. I'm right. sorry, but Hopkins is right. still the guy there, even if he is 30. I don't care. Well, so but the I'm difference is, is you have a Marquise Brown now that can stretch the field that you didn't have before. Yep. And now Hopkins gets all these underneath routes. I mean, he's going to get that eight catches for 70 yards and get 15 points. If he scores a touchdown, you got 21. Uh, I, you, I'll take that every day of the week. So, yep. yeah. And that's yeah, kind of where I wanted to die on. He's going to die on my rosters for sure. It was after uh, 2018 when he had that hundred percent consistency. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. By the way, how often does that happen? Not how often. often so Antonio Brown did it two years in a row. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, yeah. um, then missed the, like the fourth game of the next year. I think he had, I want to say he had 36 straight um, clutch games. Cup, of course had a hundred percent last year. Yep. But yeah, it's very rare out of any position. Yeah. Um, quarterback, running back, it doesn't matter. It's very rare. Um, and especially if they play all the games. Like there's been some hundred percents that, you know, for 10 for 10 games. and then got yeah. hurt. Sure. You know, sure, sure. But play all games hundred percent consistency, yeah, it's it's few and far between. I guarantee you it's less than 10 for sure. Probably when five. Yeah, and Hopkins is one of those guys. Like that's a guy I right. want on my team. And Honestly, he's somebody I've been trying to buy in Dynasty for, I don't know, I feel like a couple months now, uh, ever since that that PED suspension came out. And I'm like, this is a long game. We're, we're looking at this like he is 30. I get it. He's right. over the hill. Right. But he's he's a top five asset in most places as, a, as an NFL asset. Like he, mm -hmm. he can come into a team and we saw this. I actually didn't think he was going to do that well. I remember going on, I think it was the uh, FF Astronauts podcast before, like when he got traded from the Texans. 
And I, I made like a bet for, you know, fake money or whatever it is. Like, I don't think he does that well in Arizona. I just think there's too much change going on. I think Ian Watson had this rapport and the offense flew through him and all this. And I was, I was wrong. I was a hundred percent wrong. He landed <laughs> yeah, yeah. and dominated and had no problem in, in Arizona. And I was like, well, I stand corrected. And at this point I wouldn't say I'm swung the other way, but like, I, how do you not trust that guy? Yeah. So yeah, that was, yeah. that was the main receiver I definitely wanted to bring on. And then, I know we have some different tight ends. I'll just, the, the one that I just, I don't know how to value and we can maybe go down a little rabbit hole here, but we mentioned him earlier, but Dawson Knox, right? He's one of those guys that has a ton of upside on an offense that has a lot of weapons and a lot of rushing. And, and Josh Allen does a lot of it himself. Like how do you evaluate someone like a Dawson Knox on a top tier offense, but is he a top tight end? And, and does it matter when there's only really three of them? And after that you're on your own. I mean, like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter if he's not consistent. Um, I, I think a lot of it is going to depend on where he's going. So like right now his ADP is tight end nine. Um, let me see where they've, they've got him being drafted at. Um, not. Well, and again, as, as a, as a tight end, you don't have to be that great to be. Right. So I mean, he's at one Oh two. So yeah. he's pretty far down there. So like I said, he's in that group with people like, um, you know, Zach Ertz, Tyler Higby, Dawson Knox, um, Gusecki, Hunter Henry, you know, it's like, and they're all in that 65 to 70% consistency. I mean, Knox had some great stretches. So like, you know, weeks two, three, four, and five, boom, four straight, then nothing for four weeks, then goes four for six and then nothing in 17 and 18. So yeah, I feel like he's, almost too inconsistent now it's 53 percent ranks 14th in tight ends that doesn't look terrible but 53 percent is terrible yeah for tight ends it's not but for well that's what i was saying where, comparing him to other tight ends that's yeah. not so bad but right. yeah it's not so bad but yeah. like here's the guy that like i'm kind of all over is that tyler higby which i know he's got mm. an injury issue but he should be healthy you know he was 73 percent consistent last year really? but he was 14th in total points Interesting. Yeah. Huh. I didn't realize he's, he's that consistent. Now, yeah. you know, so, you know, you got to realize, you know, they, you know, they switch Woods with Allen Robinson, but there's no OBJ. And in fact, when OBJ was there, that's when Tyler kind of fell off. So he's not there. So I feel like if Higby comes into camp healthy and he's going to like, you know, tight end 22. Oh, yeah. He's cheap. He's, <laughs> so, he's you know, I've been in drafts where I just, you know, pick him like as my backup. You know, like I'll get whoever, um, maybe a know, good bus Parkinson, whoever, um, you know, Schultz, and then get Higby. If I need him, I'll put him as a flex if he if he stays consistent. You well, know? Especially in tight end premium, right? Like yeah, that's, that makes an premium. even bigger yeah, difference yeah, yeah. because he becomes like a wide receiver three at that kind of consistency. I mean, it's not a bad thing at all. No. Um, yeah, interesting. Okay, so Higby, somebody maybe we should target. That's some action we could take from this because there's a lot of players I know that don't even care about him. He's there. Second, oh, yeah, third, no, whatever yeah. tight end. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. And again, I don't think that enough has changed for that to be, you know, blown out of the water. I think that's probably going to stay consistent for lack of. Yeah. Again, on that offense, you know, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Um, yeah. 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 So he's definitely one. Um, you know, like you said, there's, there's a lot of guys like that that um, are sitting there like a Cameron Brate. I mean, well, no yeah, so Gronk let's let's now? spend a second there. Yeah, so let's say Gronk is gone. Obviously, there's a lot of hype on Brait and Otten. I think the the rookie, right? Like we don't know mm-hmm. who it's going to be. We know, and obviously OJ Howard is gone. Like he's not even right. an option there anymore. But I mean, 
I, I don't know if Bright did enough to really be a fantasy tight end for me. I just don't know if I'm, I'm excited enough about him. And part of me well, is like, well, maybe we take a risk on the new guy on Otten, see if he can be the guy. I mean, he had a pretty good uh, draft uh, pedigree and everything like that. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think the thing that I look at is that when you have Tom Brady as your quarterback, he's going to want a veteran he can trust. Yep. You know, That's true. Cameron Bray, a few years ago, before Gronk and before OJ Howard, he was the ninth overall tight end that season with Jameis Winston. I feel like Bray, you know, he's 31. He's certainly not a young chicken, but. When he's played, you know, like he had two games in week 16 and 17 when Gronk was hurt, he he earned a clutch game. And, you know, he filled in, and I think he may have caught a touchdown in both games. Um, you know, Gronk is – or Gronk. Brady is going to go to a guy like that, especially early in the season when Godwin isn't playing. Yeah. And now you've got yeah. Evans and Russell Gage and, you know, whoever else, Tyler Johnson, whatever person they got. Um, I think the Brady will be looked at highly, and it could be one of those – Hey, you get Bray, you start him for six games, and then you know you trade him else. off to somebody yeah. Yeah. before they realize that Gronk well, will be back in week ten. Um, right. because but be that's actually right. <laughs> God, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. But I also think Not that's something that's something to think about too, and how to use consistency in a sense where it's like you know maybe you can strike and, and trade away assets before they become inconsistent. You know, right. looking at things like that, and and again to kind of bring it all back and kind of bring it to a head in a way. In, in consistency in dynasty is a tricky one because a lot of it comes down to, you know, timing, which we always talk about. I know mm -hmm. I bring it to a head on every podcast, like timing is everything when it comes to right. trades, you know, you don't want to just trade to trade, but if there's a reason to make a trade now, do it now. If you can wait, why make it now? You know? Right. And that's one of those things week six, if you're seeing Brait stomping and getting a ton of points and all this, like sell them, go ahead. Even in yeah. dynasty, sell them yeah. because the chances of that continuing may be low. And then obviously you've got Godwin returning and all that. Right. Like, there's a whole bunch of that. But I mean, even players like Gage, for instance, like I know Russell Gage is someone that's getting a little bit of hype lately, um, pr primarily because, you know, it's Evans, Gage and great. I mean, like he's, he's right. the second possibly second receiver target uh, if you count right. for Fournette even. But like, right. you know, Brady's going to like somebody like Gage. He advocated for Gage to join the team and Gage has been around. So I feel like right. he could be a guy while Godwin's out, much like Brady, that you want to after six weeks, you want to get out on. Right. And be like, yeah. hey, let's just let's sit, let's sell what we can and see what we get. Sure, there's maybe potential value left on the vine there, but man, sometimes that timing makes everything. And that's where consistency can really show you some of that. If mm -hmm. he's consistent to start, maybe that doesn't continue. Look at the history, see if he's trending right. that way. You know, like you said, yeah. so. I especially look at when when there's players that are on that fence type where I'm looking at, okay, I look and say, okay, they only had 50% consistency, but like I know a couple of years ago when I was looking at kind of the Seattle Seahawks and um, you know, what I was seeing was, you know, this running back when he got at least, you know, 10 to 15 carries, he was very consistent and productive. I don't remember if it was Carson or Penny, um, but both of them of course now are injured messes, but you know, it was like looking, you know, looking and saying, you know, when they got the opportunity, they were very consistent. The problem is, is that they never got the opportunity this year, you know, this player has moved on. So this person's got that opportunity. So there's that, you know, so it, I try to dive into, it's not just calculating numbers and say, what's well, all numbers and here it is. I mean, right. I'm certainly looking deep into it to find those little niches or little nuances that may say, oh, well, you know, like Mixon, you know, yeah, yeah Mixon's fourth in total points, but guess what? He scored 50% of them in six weeks. That's that's the nugget that I want people to realize before they jump on that. Like, 
that they're all over and in for Nixon that, you know, he's not really been a consistent player. And in that offense, which is a high power, throw the ball a lot, lots of good receivers and a great quarterback, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens, but. We will. We will see what happens. And I think that's a good place to kind of put a bow on it. I know I put something on the sheet before we do a find me a trade is a segment that I like to call find Bob a trade. Uh, Bob, you mentioned that you might have some different dynasty discussions and different dynasty trades you wanted to bring to the table for us to help you with. I know that's something you and I talk about in DMs a lot. So I thought maybe I'd give you a couple of minutes here. If you want to find, we can help find Bob a trade. It's a little bit different. We will do (laughs) find me a trade. Bob found a trade. It was just a question of whether you guys liked it. So so let's talk about that. Let's talk about Bob's trade. What was your trade? I'm in this unique league called Dynasty Owner. Oh, yeah. And if you haven't seen it out there, basically it's it's a dynasty league. um, But everything is based on the actual NFL contracts and dollars. So a player, if they're, you know, getting signed to a big, you know, five-year deal at 40, bu- 40 million a year, then guess what? You're paying them 40 million and you have to keep them under the cap and blah, blah, blah. So I took over a team in an expert league um, with a bunch of guys um, uh, from around the country, of course. Anyway, so the team I was given, pretty good team. It's got, you know, Justin Herbert and Stafford is their other quarterback who now, of course, got to pay big money to. Uh, the good thing is some of the guys that have they've already started their season. So any of the contracts that get signed now won't be until 2023. So like I have Terry McLaurin, I have right. AJ Brown, okay. Stafford, some of these guys, or I don't have AJ Brown. I didn't have AJ Brown. Um, and so I was chatting with one of the guys in the league. Uh, his name is Joe Bart- Bartle. Uh, he's from Motorwire. And um, so he offered me Mac Jones, who is only $3 million a year for the next three years. Um, and AJ Brown, who is cheap for this year, will go up next year, um, for like DJ. Oh, and, and the second round pick in the rookie draft that was happening. And then I, and then I gave him DJ chart, which is like 10 million a year, which I didn't care. And Jarrett Patterson. Right. Yeah. For nothing. And and then a, um, so the, then the second round pick, um, he gave, no, he gave me his third round pick. And then I had to give him my first next year in 2023. Um, and I know 2023 has potential to have a good, but you know, I'm always playing to win. So I expect mine to be a late round pick. Um, I had already had my first round pick and I took James cook um, as my running okay. back. So okay. now I have Dalvin and James. Um, so my running backs, I have Dalvin cook and that. So anyway, so I did accept the trade. You guys seem to like it. We said we we're going to talk about it, but I thought our draft our thing was last night. So I, and wait. Um, like <laughs> I so now I have McLaren, uh, McLaren, uh, Terry McLaren, uh, De- uh, Devontae Smith, and AJ Brown now. Yep. Um, and I also have another good reason. Forget the other guy you listed. Um, crap. Tony. Oh, yeah, Tony. Tony. Yeah, I got Tony. Um, Ronald Jones is a running back. And, and you only start two receivers in a flex. So two mm, running backs, two okay. receivers in a flex. So Basically, I'll probably start AJ Brown and McLaren, or you know, maybe well, Devonte Ed. You know, so to kind of, just to recap, and I think that this to help clarify for the listeners here. So, if we take the salaries and things out of it, because not that that's not valuable, it is, but just to mm-hmm. kind of keep it simple, it's Mac Jones, AJ Brown, and a third mm-hmm. for a 23 first, DJ Chark, Jarrett Patterson, and a 22 second. Right. Like the 23 first yeah. is really the cream of the crop on that on that side. And I'm looking at that like, and is this super flex? I think you said it was, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, so Mac actually Jones, it's not. 
Oh, okay. but you, but your bench, you get 25% of your bench's points added to your total. Ooh, ah. that's an interesting twist. So you so don't want to have a still good. starting team and a crappy bench because like, I, I like Stafford's that. going to be on my bench most weeks because Herbert's going to start. Sure. Yeah. Um, interesting. Sure. But then adding yeah. Mac Jones for those upside weeks, like that could help your bench. Right. Well, even again, let's say it's not super flex, but it helps your bench scoring, which I really right. like that twist actually. Yeah. But so again, Mac Jones, AJ Brown, in theory, let's just throw the little pieces aside. It's Mac Jones and AJ Brown for a 23 first. I take AJ Brown and Mac Jones all day. Like that to me, that's an easy trade. I think, wow. I mean, again, the, the salaries with Chark being 10 million, like that's an easy give up too. But I'm just saying like, as much as we want that 23 first to be phenomenal, I'm kind of with you. It's later. And I think AJ Brown is worth at least one 23 first and you're getting on the max side too. Like I just, that seemed like an easy one to me. What did you think, Scott? Yeah. The roster flexibility that it gives you right now, yeah. especially with AJ Brown, like he's not hurting you. So if the season doesn't go the way you think it's going to go, you could mm -hmm. actually trade him. Right. You know, you could just turn right. around and move him if, you know, if you want right. to do something different, but Otherwise, you already cleared that space, essentially, or half of the space needed right. with moving Shark. So, right. yeah, I, I mean, I like it. You got to look at it differently with those contracts. Uh, yeah, no, it's definitely different than a so, traditional dynasty. Yeah. Um, my thought is, is that, you know, if the team by half the way through isn't doing well, I'll trade Stafford, who's going to have a $40 million yep. contract the next year, McLaren. And AJ Brown will exactly. have big contracts. I'll just dump them and get, exactly. and I probably can get a first well, draft pick back. And something that we even mentioned in the in our DM group before we started the show tonight even was, you know, you could trade Smith. You know what I mean? Like, you don't you don't right. have to start them both. You've got time to make some other moves here. Um, right. And that's the benefit of doing these kind of trades in the summer is that you're kind of building your roster, but not really. You can just trade for value still. Um, right. I think I don't really worry about rosters until August and, you know, like, who I'm going to start when and where because it's like, yeah, I got time. I can still figure that out. Right. I don't, I don't yeah, worry about I mean, stacks. I don't worry about bye weeks. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll, take, I'll figure all that out later. The only time I don't is in obviously in leagues like, you know, Scott Fishbowl where there's no trading or in right. leagues like best ball leagues, of course, or just yeah, leagues that aren't active. To be honest, like if there's a league that I'm in that I just feel like nobody trades and I'm like, well, I got to be careful because it's tough to make a move. But overall, I really like that trade view. I thought that that gives you a lot of points for this year. And we were talking about that at the top of the show. Titles over everything else, man. That trade mm -hmm. helps you win a title, you know, and you can always get that 23 first back. We say that all the time. I know 23 first are gold right now. But at some point, there will become a time, you know, leading up to the draft. We think we know everything, but oops, there's only seven really good players instead of 12. You know, that those late firsts aren't worth as much. It happens every year. And we still are like, not this year. It's going to be amazing. Like, we don't know what's yeah. going to happen. Like, come right. on. Like, just, right. Well, even when fun. I was going to have to give up my second, there were some guys that I liked. I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to do that because there's a couple guys that, you know, like a Samir White and some people that I was like, man. I could get him in my second round. That'd be pretty cool. Well, the good thing was that since I waited so long, it got to my pick. Guess what? All the guys I wanted were all gone. And I'm like, you <laughs> know what? I don't like any of these decision, people. Right? I, I hate so and love when that happens. Even yeah. easier. <laughs> yeah. You know, if I yeah, made it yesterday then, and some guys would have been there that I wanted, I'm like, oh, damn, I probably shouldn't have done that. But yeah. Oh, but no, like, that's it. Okay, you can. The that's guy where, again, timing line. is everything, but timing is yeah. everything, right? right? Like if you had made that trade, you know, three hours or four, you'd be kind of kicking yourself and then feel okay. But when it comes down to that, you're like, oh, well, now it's a smash accept. Like the values yeah. are very different now. Right. I oh, know. Right. I love when that happens. So I'm glad we could, we could at least maybe not live on the show, but help Bob find a trade. That was kind of our plan there. <laughs> right. And Bob, you know, my DMs are always open. You can always reach yeah. out. To no, me. I, I yeah, no, trust me. I will be using both of you guys as my, uh, 
Well, uh, except for, of course, our regular league. Yeah, of course, not the one we're in the league together. Yeah, but um, I always say this to everybody. Like, my teams are open all the time. I may not get back to you right away. I do sometimes for whatever reason. And maybe, Bob, maybe you have the same. Maybe you have the same, Scott. There was, there was one day last week. I think I got seven DMs from random people in the same day, nice. like in a row. Yeah. And I'm just like, hold, what happened? Like, where did my Something, name get yeah. out to? Yeah, like some algorithm pushed me somewhere. Some algorithm. Um, so that yeah. day was tricky for me because, I, you know, I like to, I don't just give a quick answer. I try to look at, you know, oh, yeah, which no, is no. the way I think it should be done. So then some of those took me a minute. But again, send me messages. I, I also got an Instagram message. I don't check those. I don't oh, check my Instagram messages. There was one in there from Instagram. March. I'm like, oh, I hope you made that trade because that was really good. He's like, no, I made the trade in three others. I'm like, good, you're doing great. Um, yeah. But anyway, just wanted to, to kind of mention that and give you a chance. So let's pivot now into the actual find me a trade. Yes. Uh, this trade tonight is submitted by our listener, Jeremy Hayes, at Coach Hayes 7 uh, on Twitter. He is definitely, a, I would say, a longtime listener. I feel like he's been around yes. for a while. I know he put yes. this team in back in march or something if i recall may somewhere in there and i reached out to him finally and i was like hey you're up let's go and he was very excited so hopefully he's listening tonight and can give us some feedback maybe we'll see but um i want to bring up his team scott if you want to read some yep. of the settings while i get that pulled up okay. that would be great all righty so and it, i love his team name man you like that's just confidence you know what i mean like that's just confidence i love it i love it Right. Yeah. The, uh, the D baggery there, you know, but Hey, that's right. If you're not a, if you're not a mic, you're a wank, something like that. So, uh, if you ain't first, you're last. Uh, that's right. right. Okay. So 12 teams, super flex, uh, we're starting 11 here. We have a 40 man roster. So that's, that's good. I love those 40 man Mm -hmm. rosters. Uh, start 11 quarterback, two running back, two receiver, tight end, and then four flex and super flex. So it's really two, 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 one. So that's, you know, that's pretty easy. It gives you a lot of uh, flexibility there. Roster wise, you can, you can many different builds. Um, it is four point quarterback touchdown and minus two, and then it uh one and a half tight end premium. So you know, pretty fairly standard scoring there. Yeah. I think it's a pretty um, standard ish league. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. you you know a little little uh, deeper though with the forty, which I like, so that's good. Yes, and start uh, so eleven, which I'm always a fan of. Start eleven or twelve, you know what I mean? Like just the more starting flex, the better, you know. Like yep. having that one less receiver, but then the extra flex too. So you got four flexes, right? Yeah, I mean that's yep. you yep. can you can go so many different directions. So I like that. Um, so Jeremy says I am definitely a top team in this league and really would only be interested in elite upgrades at running back or receiver because I'm stacked at quarterback and tight end probably would only really want to trade my 23 first if picks were involved, but prefer to keep those. And yeah. And I, I want to, I've agree. got his team up and I want to run through this. This is one of the better teams that we've seen. I'm not afraid to say that. Amazing. This team yeah. is locked yeah, and it's loaded. Not it's, good. Job. it's amazing. Nice job, yeah, that's I why I'm, if I was in a dynasty league with this guy, I would just quit. Well, so I don't know if you caught this, but I made sure to say he was a longtime listener so we could take some credit. That was pretty much the game. <laughs> That's there. right. Wow. He's he been listening. about all of it. So let's let's run through the team. Let's run through. The, so the, for those listening, his quarterbacks, and again, this is a dynasty 12-team league, so it's not like an eight-team league or anything like that. Right. He's got Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, and Dak Prescott. I'll be honest. That's a stud team in, in dynasty or whatever. Like, and he's got yeah. Tyler Huntley behind that, which, again, not a bad backup to Right. Uh, running back, if we kind of start at the top, we got Najee Harris, James Conner, Travis Etienne, who I think could be something this year, Daryl Henderson, Dernis Johnson, Tyler Beatty, Abram Smith. Like it kind of falls off a cliff there. Uh, Raheem Mostert, I think, could actually be something in Miami here and there. Philip Lindsay, you know, some names you've heard of, Kyron Williams, Jeffrey Wilson. 
But again, after the top three of like Harris, Etienne, and Connor, it does get a little light. And if you're contending, that's where I want to be heaviest is running back. Receiver, again, the receiver group. My God, Whoa. I love it. Jamar Chase, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown. Uh, those three right there, I just feel right. confident every week. But then he's got Jerry Judy, Rondale Moore, Sky Moore, Kenny Galladay, Jarvis Landry, uh, K.J. Osborne, who I think is a sleeper this year. Quez Watkins, again, yeah. another sleeper this year. Denzel Mims, who's a name we think could be a sleeper, but is never going to be a sleeper. Um, so it's just one of those things. Like I just think his receiving group is great. Oh, but wait, and we get to the tight ends where I yeah. think it's his best position. Group, oh, my God. You believe it. Travis Kelsey, Kyle Pitts, George Kittle, Dalton Schultz on one team. Yeah. What? Are the, and this is a 1.5 tight end premium. Like this team is stacked. Oh, it's stacked. this team is stacked. So, again, you could start all four of those tight ends and feel perfectly fine in 1.5 tight end premium. I love that. So, in my opinion, again, he is correct. He is the top team looking at this league quickly. I was like, well, there's no one that even comes close, but that makes it tricky to find a trade, right? Like as much as we love that, it's hard to find a trade when you're locked like that because you have to pay a tax. So I guess, why don't we start with yours, Bob? Let's kind of get yours out of the way and we can see what you think of that and we'll go from there. I got a trade for him. Perfect. So in the roster thing on the site, there's a team right beside him called Whiplash. Yes. I I would give him... A.J. Brown, Rashad Bateman, and Kadarius Tony. Okay. What's your thought I, process? I just want to hear where you're – I mean, I'm not hating on it at all. I'm just um, curious where you are first. I just think that it's some youthful depth. A.J. Brown is, you know, a big star, and he's definitely very young. Um, and I think if you can add wide receiver depth, because you're going to lose guys like Landry and some of those down the road, um, I, you know – I looked at the, I mean, I think he needs more of an upgrade at, is that him? It's him. He's in the chat. um, Good job, Jeremy. I mean, I think he could use more depth at running back, but, you know, that guy's team whiplash has garbage at running back. So (laughs) that's not even an option, but he's got that, he's got some depth at wide receiver, but I'm thinking maybe if you, you know, dangle a guy like AJ Brown, who's super young, um, you know, young, but also very talented and, you know, has the superstar, pretend, you know, um, uh, title. And, you know, if this guy can go, oh, well, you know, I want A.J. Brown and, you know, and, and Bateman has is unproven, but, you know, now becomes the number one in Baltimore. Tony's unproven, but could become the number one in the Giants over the next couple of years. I think that helps his long term. Um, and I think, I mean, I, I think it's a fair trade. I mean, again, I'm not a dynasty expert, so you guys might go, no, I would never take that trade in a million years. Um, but that's, that's where I'm, I'm going. Well, I'll start and I, I, I'll just say, I don't think it's a bad trade, but I prefer the AJ Brown side myself. I think I can get more for AJ Brown, but I'm oh, also admittedly, okay. I'm also admittedly lower on Bateman than most. Okay. I know there are people out there that think Bateman is Marquise Brown times two and like he's worth two firsts and like crazy evaluation so again i'm not saying you're wrong it's just for me i prefer aj brown even on a new offense to bateman moving into the wide receiver one i am also with you on tony i love his talent and potential and upside so Mm -hmm. i think this is the kind of trade that that uh jeremy could make because he has the kind of he has the starting roster to be able to sacrifice a little bit Mm -hmm. and to take some upside in youth for the future and to kind of you know piggyback on that but i prefer the aj brown side but i don't again i don't hate it scott what are your thoughts here 
Yeah, so I mean, I love Bateman and I hate Tony. So that's <laughs> um, perfect trade. Then, but Bateman. I, you know, so I, I like this because you're trading in the name value of right. AJ Brown for two guys that both have the upside of maybe not quite AJ Brown, but next year we could look at this and just think it's silly, right? Yeah. Both of those guys could be worth so right. much. Um, you know, you. Youth wise, I don't know that we're actually gaining that many years just because AJ Brown's still young. But just right, right. from a value standpoint, like when we get into my trade, it's going to make sense why I, I think this is viable. And it's just because it's more of like we have an elite team. So you can now make moves to build a dynasty, right? right? Yeah. Like this is what we're playing for is yes, we want championships, but how can we also capitalize on value? Does AJ Brown's value ever get higher? Like, I don't know. It almost it took yeah. a little bit yeah. of a hit, so maybe it maybe there is room for it to go back up. But honestly, it it may never get higher than it is right now, right? Because Agreed. we don't know what's going to happen with Hurts and that offense right. and everything. And so exactly. maybe it holds for a while, you know. Again, because mm-hmm. he's young and he's very talented, we know what he can do. But um, I, I'm always a fan of selling at or near peak value. I don't think you can go wrong in those cases. I think this is one of those trades where, again, as someone who is the dominant team, you can afford to pay the tax, right? You can afford to lose the trade, quote unquote, and be like, hey, fine, I lost a little bit of value, but you're taking two most likely ascending assets for what could be one static or descending asset in A.J. Brown. So I don't don't think it's a bad trade in that regard at all. And and Jeremy, if, if you don't necessarily... Like if you love AJ Brown, you want to trade him, pick one of your other receivers or look at another team and find two other receivers. You think you could do this or trade AJ Brown and get, get two running backs. Yeah. Apply the concept, not necessarily the players. Right. And so I think, I guess that's what I was. And that's how I looked at it too, was what is his most valuable asset that could go down, but he also could get some great, long-term exactly. value for yep. and, and i'm i'm like you guys is like, i have a team like that i just keep building that it, foundation yes. stronger and stronger Correct. so that i'm just kicking ass the next five years well and so that's a perfect segue into scott's trade so scott why don't you tell us about yours and it's, it's the same kind of thought process so why don't you yeah. do yours next yeah so <clears throat> I, I i'm basically just saying that you're you're in the catbird seat, right? You can you <laughs> yeah. can wait on the small moves until I don't know if you have a trade deadline or you know opportunities may arise. We don't know what's going to happen. It's June, okay? You might lose a player for whatever reason here. We don't know what's going to happen, so there's no need to consolidate or do anything crazy right now. Um, you don't need to swing for the fences because you're already over the fences. Like you're already there. You just need you're to make sure you get to the yeah. finish line. So those small moves can be made later. So I thought, you know what, why don't we take somebody who's, you know, yes, I'd love to have Brady for this season because he can get you across that finish line. But there's a lot of indicators that this will be his last year. And, you know, I know people have been saying that for a while, but it really seems like this is is going to be his last year. Um, Even if he's got two more years, if you trade Brady to t- team Taylor made for Deshaun Watson, I'm not sure he takes that trade. Uh, he was kind of the, I was looking for another team maybe that fit better, but I felt like because of the Watson situation right now, and again, 
Jeremy, if you don't like Watson and you don't want him on your team, I totally get it. But what I'm looking at is in two years from now, Brady's probably not going to have any value if he's even, you know. Well, that's a descending descending value player, right? Yeah. Right. And so whereas Watson could be, you know, solidified again as a top five quarterback, and then you're going to have Watson, Dak, and and, uh, Lamar, right? So, again, this is about building the dynasty. It's not so much about right now. Um, and so it just depends on how comfortable you are with it, with moves like that. Does that team have the potential to do well? So that's what year? I wanted to talk about. So I to, Brady? <clears throat> yeah. So okay. I wanted to bring this up because I like the thought process and I like the, the thinking you're at with this. The only issue that I had was this team is good, but I don't know if Brady really helps. Let's assume, and this is where it becomes speculative all the way. Let's assume Watson misses six games or the whole season or something. I don't know if this team really misses him, if Taylor Maid really misses him. He's starting Kyler Murray and Derek Carr as his top two. Mm-hmm. Watson could be a, a second. He could be ahead of Carr, but maybe not for this year. Like, there is some talk that maybe right. he's not that much better. I mean, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm with what Scott said. Like, I don't know if he would do this, but I would have no problem adding to the Brady side to get it done. And that's where I was going to go. Oh, I, like, yeah. I wouldn't mind right. adding, like, Rondale Moore. Add, like, a young receiver, somebody with upside to, make, to close the deal. Because I think value-wise, Watson significantly many, many greater signs than Brady in value, but in consistency, to bring it back. You know, Deshaun Watson is the most inconsistent, the most all over the map. We Nobody knows what we're getting with him, right? <laughs> like, it's such a – there's so much risk with that guy. And it's like, for a team that's ready to win, that is a, that's a great piece to add because you, you're not going to miss him on your team. You know, Jeremy's not going to mind putting him on the bench. It's really not going to be a big deal. But what I'm saying is this other team, Taylor made, he has Jonathan Taylor as his top running back. David Montgomery is his RB2, and then kind of nothing. Naheem Hines, I guess, is his third. For receiver, he's got Mike Evans, uh, Garrett Wilson, who I think could be somebody. I think he's really good. Traylon Burks, who could be really good. He's got David Bell, who could be really good. Like, he's got a lot of question marks at receiver. There, a lot of things would have to go right. So he yeah, has no just veterans after <clears throat> Evans? No, and it makes me worry well, that he's he not. Has Alan I'm not Robinson, sure. He has Cam Akers. He has Logan Thomas. Okay. I mean, he has. I'm not guys seeing these guys. No, I'm not. I'm not seeing these guys. He doesn't have Allen Robinson. Are you talking what about? You oh talking yeah, yeah. About? Injury reserve. My bad. Injury yeah, reserve. Cam Akers. Allen right, right. Logan Thomas. I mean, yeah. he's got guys that could come in if if Thomas okay. you know comes back healthy that second half of the season. Fair, Alan fair, fair. I missed. The, you're right. I missed the injured reserve. I didn't scroll down. Cam Akers could come back, but there's points still the same. Points still the same. Yeah, like I just don't know if his team is really feeling like he's one piece of away and I, I also don't think he's one quarterback away but i don't mind this as a basic thought process for a trade some skeleton. guys just want out on watson right now too. oh yeah so well, especially with the news coming out Andrew, and like you trade him to me well exactly and, and yeah. well you know just for a hot second let's for just a second let's talk about that trade because i think it's an interesting it was made of what a month ago now like yeah, this is you yeah, know okay. this is not current yeah. in a sense this trade and i'm not angry made, I, I still like the trade I, well it was made june 7th Right. It was it was a, a, almost a month ago. I have it. Yeah. I have it written here. So I sent to Bob to Sean Watson and I got back a 23 first Daniel Jones and Kenny Galladay. Now, okay. I remember this trade was one of those that I was like, God, but Watson is definitely worth more than a first. And Daniel Jones is like all over the map. And I'm like, but I just don't I just kind of went out on Watson. Like I'm willing to take the value right. dip. But then at the same time, that's a Watson's a risky player. And in that league right now, I feel like I have a chance to go for it. I'm like, I just, I don't think I can afford to lose more value. So I just, I got out, but I do think it was a pretty fair trade then. And I do think it's still a pretty fair trade now. And and what, again, Scott may not know is I have Tom Brady and Josh Allen and it's a super box. 
So right. you can so take that. He was making I don't this care kind of if Watson plays at all this year. Absolutely. Okay. And that's why I wanted to bring it up here as opposed to earlier, because this is exactly the kind of trade that you made, Bob. This is moving from a win now. You're giving up a 23 first, but we were talking about that before. Like that could be Deshaun Watson, right? It could be a boat. Like what why not right. just get Deshaun Watson? And then right. Daniel Jones and Kenny Galladay, the stack that no one wants. You know what I mean? Like nobody likes those two guys. Like Daniel Jones is the shortest leash and Kenny Galladay is one ankle away from bagging groceries. So like right. both of those guys are kind of like trash-ish. And I was like, you know what? I want out. I'll take it. But I could yeah. see everybody arguing both sides of that trade. And it's exactly what yeah. you're oh, talking about. Oh, yeah. No, I got a lot of shit for like, why would you <laughs> take that on? You know, he's going to be suspended for the whole year. I don't care. Exactly. Yeah, and that's like, exactly yeah. what it is. Like the roster right. build matters everything. And that's exactly why I wanted to bring it up here. Because right, right. this is the kind of trade that Scott was bringing up. Right. Neither team really in this trade needs Deshaun Watson this year. Neither one. Right. But no. you could look at this and say, well, you know. You could look at that and say ready made could use Tom Brady and put him over the edge and like that puts him as a solid QB three and all this. So I think it's a very good trade uh, start. I will say that. But again, Deshaun Watson is such a lightning rod. It's it's tough to find valuation mm -hmm. on that guy for sure. So with that, I want to get into mine and we'll kind of wrap up here. Mine was in a similar vein. I love that all of us were kind of talking about breaking up or trading down or moving around. Mine was his biggest strength is tight end. I, I think you got to trade tight end. My, my first trade that I put on here was something like Dalton Schultz for Derrick Henry. I don't know if that gets done. So I was mm. like, well, let me go up a little because I think Schultz is getting a lot of hype and Henry is getting yeah. a lot of hate. So I feel like there right. is maybe a oh, chance okay. that could right. block. Uh, D. Tyler is the team with this one. And, and D. Tyler has, for quarterback, he has Matt Ryan and Jameis Winston. For right. tight end, he has Evan Ingram, Kate Otten, nothing. You know what I mean? Like this team is just in a, yeah. in a middle ground hell. That it, no receivers really to speak of. But he's got Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, uh, Ezekiel Elliott at running back. Like this, and Kenneth Walker. It's like he's got one of those teams that's like upside down. You know what right. I mean? Like if I don't have any, like I just don't like any of his receivers. He's got Chris Olave, <laughs> Gabriel Davis. Like just those upside players. He has too many running backs for a team like that. So I, if I was that guy, I'd be willing to move any of those running backs for somebody more steady. And I felt like Kittle for Henry was too light. So I was going to do Kittle for Henry and Michael Thomas. Because again, I think Michael Thomas is one of those guys that could be something. Right. This guy's also got Juju Smith-Schuster. So he's not like dead at, at receiver. I, I misspoke a little there. But like his receivers are weak. And I right. feel like if you send Kittle there, you get back Henry, who is a stud, I think, still for this year and helps you push to the title a little more than Kittle does as your second or third tight end, depending on how you rank Kelsey. But what do you think about that one, Bob? Am I on the right track there? Yeah, I mean, you know, I love Kittle, but Kittle can't stay healthy. Yep. Jeremy wants Watson. <laughs> yeah, I just want to put that on there. Yeah, um, you know, again, I, I, I love Kittle as a player. He's very, you know, he's fun to watch. But God, he just—he's like Chris Carson. He's just a, a train wreck when it comes <laughs> to running the football, yeah. and you, you're gonna get hurt. And you know, I, again, I want a guy that's consistently scoring, but I also want him to be consistently on the field. And, you know, I don't care if you're 80% consistent, you miss half the games. It doesn't help me. Um, so, you know, again, if I, if it's a trade to me, I'm going to be like, I don't want Kittle, but, you know, I'll take Schultz or I'll take, you know. Um, so I think Schultz is a good one because I think it's, you know, again, it was a one, is it a one-year wonder? I don't think so. Is yeah. he going to be as good as he was this past year? Boy, that's, that's pretty tough. I mean, he was, yeah. he was more consistent when, than Kelsey. So, yeah. you know, um, so again, this might be the peak. I mean, going back to Scott's thing, this could be the peak of Dalton Schultz. And again, he may still be a solid tight end down the road, 
but we could, we might have seen his peak. So let's trade him. And if you can get Derrick Henry for a couple of years, again, you're not going to get him for a long time. Um, then yeah, or you know, or maybe even get an Alvin Kamara because that guy might go, look, I can't risk those five or six games. He could be suspended, and he can. Right. So yeah, something like that. I think either I think the concept makes sense. It's just a question of which tight end and which running back each is going to want to give well, or take. You know? And that's where you can talk to the the D Tyler manager, you know, and mm-hmm. just say, hey, which do you prefer, and kind of offer both options in a, in a DM or something, and just say, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Here's two options. Which one intrigues yeah. you more? Right. right. Like, are you looking and, to, to add Dalton Schultz? Or are you looking to add Kittle well, and, and maybe pay a little more to do that? Like, there's no wrong well, answer. And you can kind of talk that out. Or you get nuts and it's not, I don't think it's a dumb idea. You throw out Kelsey and get more. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, yeah. you've got three stud tight ends outside of Kelsey. Kelsey's what, 34? He's up there. He's not young. Yeah. It's so that's where gonna, it's going to be a couple of years. So again, this <clears> could be his peak. Do we, Offer up Kelsey and get Kamara and <laughs> yeah something you know um, or you get, can maybe you, go you for like a bunch of you know what, go to three pieces or, yeah go to like three pieces for Kittle or Kelsey you know kind of break it yeah. up even further but I right. think the way that this team is set up Jeremy you, you, it's going to be hard to consolidate any further <laughs> um, I usually yeah, say I when you're going you're for a title great anywhere. Well, I, don't think I, I, I would say if you're going for a title, I like to consolidate my assets and put all of my points on my lineup and not on my bench. Right. Like that's right. what I think that's when I try to move more toward the, the studs. Right. Uh, it's tough when you've got them all. all the studs. <laughs> when, you've, yeah. when you've already got all the studs, where do you go from there? Like, yeah, how do you upgrade you could maybe, tight end? Well, I was going to say you could maybe make it like a trade like Kelsey plus uh, AJ Brown for like Justin Jefferson and something. Like, you know, Andrews like you can do crazy, them. you know, like, but I don't know if there's a lot. Like, Man, and I think Scott, you actually put this on the sheet, which I, and you said it briefly, but you can you can wait until the trade deadline. You don't really have to make a move right now. You could kind of keep some things in your back pocket. You can start talking to some uh, you know different managers and say, "Here's where I'm thinking. Where are you at?" And kind of see how the season goes. I, wait for opportunities, like yeah. other team, maybe not just your team, but other teams. Like maybe there's a, a team that thinks they might be contending this year, and then some things don't go their way Ugh, for the first four yeah. weeks, and now all of a sudden you can get a piece, you know, real cheap, or you can you know, maneuver around a little bit. And so that's, just, that's, you just always have to be diligent looking for those opportunities. Right. Or just throw out guys and trade bait. Just yeah. you know, put Kelsey yeah. out there, see what you get, put Kittle, put Schultz, put AJ Brown, put, you know, see what, cause you never know. You might get, I mean, I've certainly been in leagues where, you know, I just put players out there and then I get a trade that I literally have to like rub my eyes. Like, is this guy serious? What he's giving yeah. me? Okay. Yeah. You know, you would never, embarrass yourself by asking that trade but god forbid you're gonna turn it down right i'll definitely accept it yeah people like i can't believe you accepted that that's terrible no it's it's terrible for them but i it's yeah. not my problem he offered well again though everybody values players differently so i right. always say there's no right or wrong it's not like there's not there's no such thing as a bad trade or a bad offer we all value players differently and that's fine because right. if we all agreed it'd be really annoying trading would be yeah. impossible if we all agreed. Right. Exactly. so it's kind of nice that we don't right. um but I think overall, Jeremy, I think we gave you a pretty good idea of where we're at with this. I again, I think you've got all of us on your side saying, "Yeah, this is uh, this is going to yeah. be." I think this is going to be your year if things go you're not anything allowed in close our leagues. to right. I'm just going to tell you right now. Yeah, I'm glad you're not in my well, league, Jeremy's man. Jeremy's not allowed in any of our leagues. <laughs> man, this guy's this guy's good. Uh, but no, definitely let us know how it goes, Jeremy. Send us a DM or something. We'll uh, we'll bring it up on a future episode. But I would love to see if you get any of these done. But in all honesty, you could make zero moves for the next eight months and still win the title, and that would be worth it to me. You know, you don't right. have to make a trade, but 
I get it. I love trading. You're you're listening to junkies. You're listening to the addicts. You know what I mean? Like we're yeah, right. we're all kind of itching and jonesing. So I totally get it. So I guess with that, let's kind of bring it to an end. We've gone an hour and a half, of course. That's just what we do here. Um, but again, Bob, make sure people know where they can find you, where they can uh, find your work, and where they can buy your guide, of course. And just kind of everything. Yeah. A bit of where so, we can get to. Uh, lots to talk about here. So let's start with Twitter. So at Bob underscore Lung. Also, if you want to follow the expo, Twitter is at the FF Expo. Um, the expo website to buy tickets and come visit us all in Canton, Ohio, August 12th through the 14th is the fantasyfootballexpo.com. Uh, then the book, you can find that on Amazon. Just type in 2022. You can put fantasy football consistency, but honestly, if you just type in 2022 consistency, it's the only thing that pops up. Um, so check that out, uh, get the guide. Um, then you can uh, get the code that's in the book. And you can subscribe to the whole website, get all the tools we talked about tonight, all the historical consistency data and that for only 10 bucks for the whole season. So can't beat that. Worth uh, it. So check everything out. And Scott and Andrew, thank you so much for having me on. I had a great time. Uh, thank you for uh, helping me in my other dynasty leagues. And, and uh, anytime, we'll, for, anytime for you, Bob. Come we'll, on. See, uh, we'll see what we can do and see if I can start becoming a, a new dynasty expert. I like it. I like it. Well, for those of us, that the, the junkies that do this all the time, we love talking about it. So, yeah, we're always open. If you want to shoot something by us, we're, I think it's very rare that I get something in my inbox. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about that. No, it's like, please distract me <laughs> yeah, from my work. You know what I mean? Like, I am right. happy to talk. Uh, don't tell my wife. Um, but yeah. no, it's like, it's just like, you know, I love talking about this. So sure. I guess with that, obviously, follow us on uh, on Twitter at Dynasty Junkies. Follow us on the DAP network at DAP underscore network. Um, definitely subscribe to us on YouTube. I know that that's something that kind of goes unnoticed, but I know the Dap Network goes live on our show and you can get real and a bunch of other timeline. Of course, they were great last night. I got to listen to that because they, they brought up the uh, the picking live in our, our junkies league. So that'll be fun. I got to listen to that, but definitely keep a, keep us posted on what you come up with there, Jeremy, but definitely follow us all too. And I'm just going to go to the two of us. I'm at Andrew Hall FF. We've got Scott Sidlow at Scott underscore Sidlow. Uh, if you go to our, our Twitter, uh, profiles or even the junkies profile you can find our link to find me a trade if you want to submit your team uh definitely subscribe rate and review on all the podcast sites we love reviews definitely submit more of those uh, if there's something you want to see more of or less of or you know less rocky you're getting that that's terrific we're all happy about that we can just blame him because he's not here um, but definitely do all those things and and keep interacting with us post us or tag us in trade polls and all that stuff uh, but with that again consistency and dynasty what a fun topic but with that i'll give it to you scott to take us out of here tonight all right. Thanks to all the homies in the chat. As always, we appreciate you stopping in uh, even a little bit early tonight. Hey, we maneuver around here and there, so we appreciate you doing the same. Uh, thanks to Jeremy Hayes for the FMAT submission. Keep those coming in. Uh, thank you so much to the OG Bob Lung for being here tonight. So, you, so for Bob, for Andrew, for Rocky, and for Bobby, of course. Great. Great. Greek, we got Bobby. Greek Bobby uh you know look at these guys traveling what are we doing anyway suckers i'm scott solo and uh junkies out